Hello and welcome to Quantum Harmony Home Summit 10. I'm Helen O'Reilly and I will be your host. I have a very special guest today. Dr. Jean Aang is a very well-known practitioner in Thousand Oaks, California. He's going to be enlightening us today about the Arcturians and how they weigh in on narcissism. And Dr. Jean, I like to call him, sees clients and using many energy healing modalities and shamanic healing practices that have been gifted or given to him through many sources. Of course, the Arcturians are a major influence. And today we're going to be explaining in detail the issue of decoding narcissism from the perspective of the Arcturians, what the brain armor is about and what humanity is actually recovering from. Gene received his BA from Stanford in human biology and religious studies. And also he's formally trained in neurobiology where he earned a doctorate from Yale and also did a postdoc, as I understand it, on how ultrasound can affect the developing cerebral cortex. After his postdoc, he decided to go into the role of a facilitator of change. So today, we are going to experience his amazing wisdom on how we can facilitate lasting change. Welcome. Dr. Jean, it's great to have you. Oh, hi, Elena. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. It's really enjoyable to have these conversations. Yes, we have a lot of fun with them. Uh, and they are very, at this moment, at this moment in time, I've picked up on the theme. Narcissism is the one of the most talked about subjects right now online. So I wanted to dive in with you to see how the Arcturians actually perceive this type of subtle brain armoring and also how we can easily facilitate the decoding so we can return to harmonious relationships that are more balanced. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, you, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I think uh, we're really working with these different patterns, like you said, in the narcissism and, uh, you know, if everything is a learning process, which is, I think, how the Arcturians, uh, my perception of them, uh, they're very compassionate, you know, working uh, where we are, uh, whatever stage we're at, that this is uh, probably a, a needed stage for people as they're developing, kind of self-reflecting, because uh, those lessons kind of help them to understand uh, their process and eventually to uh, work well with others. So uh, usually the Arcturians are very supportive and maybe later we can experience some frequencies uh, where we are in, the, in terms of that pattern um, or if we're working with someone who we feel also is under the heavy influence of a narcissistic pattern, uh, the Arcturian energies could help that relationship. That'd be awesome. So if we, it, in order... I've started to see actually some of the field issues around narcissism where sometimes I've noticed that um, it's almost like there's a memory hanging over that the head that has required this huge amount of armor. And mm -hmm. so that so the, the the main thing that they say is that, of course, there's huge childhood trauma, but then in addition, many have developed a lack of empathy. And that's because, of course, they didn't receive enough empathy growing up. So, but what I started to see was sort of hanging in the field, some of the issues, and also that it's being transmitted generationally. So if we can undo that pattern or undo it in one person, it could unravel four or five generations or even more pre and post. And, but this type of wounding seems related to a lack of appropriate nurturing of our children. And as part of that, the, um, the lack of focus on heart-centered nurturing of the children, that seems to be at the root cause. And the concern, I think, of 
many of us is because of our obsession with technology that children will receive less. Now, when you look at the patterns, if they receive less, then they're going to be imbalanced in their development. They may not have appropriate, a healthy sense of narcissism. So let's dive in to see what we feel is at this time, the quickest way to discern if this pattern is impacting your life. And of course, from a lot of our audience are empaths and sensitives. So if it's impacting your life where you're in a relationship that's out of balance, where you feel you're doing most of the giving and they're doing most of the receiving or there's some abuse. And I know that the those from different realms see that this is a core issue that humanity's uh, that humanity hasn't quite resolved the nurturing of their offspring into full human beings because they don't seem to understand the brain very well and the fact that children are recording the first seven years. So let's take a look at that. Where would you see and I do want to say, since you have studied the brain formally at places like Yale, that's impressive. This period of time that we're in, what many are saying is that because of the amount of trauma and stress related to the pandemic, there's actually a shrinking of the hippocampus and an enlargement, like an engorgement of the um of the, the amygdala because people have experienced fight, flight, freeze to the extent where they're almost frozen in that pattern, many, and which is also consistent with abusive relationships where you're being constantly triggered. So let's just talk a little bit about what happens in the brain when there's some abuse or some dis, um some lack of nurturing. What happens to the individual when there's too much stress? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you really uncovered a, a major aspect in terms of uh, our relationships. Maybe we are working with someone who we feel is like drawing a lot from our energy, um, you know, in this narcissistic pattern, usually in a deeper relationship, could be a romantic relationship or a deep work relationship. And uh, that is something usually be, if you uncover it clairvoyantly or, like you said, empathically, uh, some kind of childhood uh, trauma, usually it could even be very subtle um, in the sense that the, during that childhood period, or it could even extend beyond in terms of the development, since the brain continues to develop really uh, 30 into your 40s, and then, of course, it's still plastic. Uh, but brain development into your 30s is well documented, so things are still developing. But energetically, particularly during the childhood period, I think if there's some lack of transfer of energy, since we have an energy model uh, from uh, primary uh, caregivers, it could be that they weren't even there, meaning that the caregivers could have just passed away early or could have moved away. Um, you know, a father, mother kind of uh, doesn't have to be the biological father, mother um, that could create the lack. And then what happens is subconsciously, what I've seen is a person is looking for that energy and it's usually subconscious, which turns into that narcissistic, narcissistic pattern. And so they're absorbing it from their environment uh, because it was not fundamentally there. Sometimes they can uh, then go through a therapeutic um, phase where uh, maybe even going back and, uh, you know, almost like living with their parents again. <laughs> uh, but what's actually happening is this energy is being transferred that usually is transferred maybe like in the first may, like 18 years that may or may not have been there. So um, I think, uh, you know, and usually that's subconscious. So there's a searching for that energy. Uh, that then gets drawn from their um, adult relationships. Uh, so that might be helpful for people to yeah, see. Yeah, very. So that like they're withdrawing from the bank what they didn't receive mm -hmm. in their childhood. That's and and that and not necessarily even capable of giving that back fully, which creates the imbalance. And I think one of the things I do want to distinguish in this summit is that it's not. I don't, I believe everything can be healed, but also 
it's not that these people are criminal, it's that they didn't receive what the the human requires to be fully evolved in the heart. And so they're trying to, it's like having no money in the bank and you're trying to go get that from someone else. So it's, it's, it's just to be understood as something that would be inevitable if enough wasn't placed in that being. Because whenever I've been reading the literature to prepare, and it just seems as though there's so much judgment in the literature about these beings. And also, they will never heal. And it, it is because it's usually written by survivors who have experienced a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons I feel for the homes, because with our children, it's important to put the attention on them. So it's so part of the summits, the reason the word home is used is that there is a sense that many of the children are experiencing anxiety, depression, even suicidal ideation and fantasies. Mm. So we're using our platform here to explain that this is usually a sign that they need more attention. They need more lap time. They need more nurturing. So what is, so from the point of view, from your point of view, what is truly needed when a child is evolving in this time though, of, you know, great change, what is truly needed for that child to feel fully loved, to Mm -hmm. really experience the positive human mm-hmm. from the heart. Yes. Uh, well, I think you brought up a good point in terms of the electronics. Uh, you know, in terms of um, we're kind of um, being sourced or are, we're connecting a lot through another medium <laughs> of electronics. <Experience>. Yes. <laughs> that, that, uh, uh, that at first it's a little bit like eating potato chips. Uh, you, you feel like you're eating something and it tastes good. Uh, but there may be some nourishment that you're saying isn't there. Um, and then the recognition, again, because uh, many people here now are in the multidimensional model. Yes. That actually the transfer between parents and children is uh, mostly subconscious is the fundamental things that are getting transferred. And um, this this missing element is probably um, partly energetic. Uh, yeah. You know, like an energetic, almost like a chi transfer and uh, if the attention and love is there, then the transfer occurs, and it probably occurs over a certain amount of time. So, but uh, as we become more um, you're busy and uh, you know also uh, connecting in different ways, like I mentioned, uh, maybe electronically, uh, that chi transfer might not be there or as, as deeply um, as what what it was in the past. So I think that just is something to be mindful or aware of, that that could be fundamentally also what's changing. And we can get to that part, uh, the brain, like you said. How it is changing the brain. That's a really, really good point. That, and, and the point right now, I think that we're making is that just awareness, as we are multidimensional beings, we're exposed to many different energies. So the awareness that that we need to fill our children up. We need to give them what's required while they're in our homes is really an important one. And where would you see the brain, because this sense of vulnerability and fear, the fact that 25% increase of antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds for children is a sign that they're not feeling safe. They're Mm -hmm. not feeling nurtured. They're not feeling protected. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and that's kind of, you know, if you build a life out of fear, it's a very restricted life. And as Dr. Jean's saying, that's it's subconscious. So it's very difficult for us to put our finger on exactly what's going on because it's it's part of the brain that we're not really aware of and it's running your show. Mm-hmm. So what does happen in the brain when there's this when this process is going on, what do you see or what have you seen or experienced intuitively or scientifically? Mm-hmm. Well, just to note, I think you you brought up a great point in, in terms of the first seven years is, um, you know, the a child is just completely like a sponge and mostly <laughs> picking up things subconsciously. 
we and with the multidimensional model, it's probably telepathically. Totally. Um, they're more, you know, in the spirit world. Uh, their their consciousness is more like coming right out of the spirit world. And so, um, so even what we're thinking as parents probably is being imprinted, uh, whether we do it on the physical level or not. And then uh, the other point is, like you said, maybe in the puberty period, um, there's almost like, a, ideally, there's like an energetic uh, protective shield or bubble, that's my perception, that a harmonious home creates for um, like a, a person in that period. And just to correlate that with the developing brain, there's a lot of uh, changes in the neurotransmitters, uh, particularly at that period. And if we do include energetic uh, aspects that can change the neurotransmitters, if there's a lot of a sense of not having that protective shield and yes. um, a lot of people will experience the loss of that shield. They may not have the energy um, framework when they first go off to college. Ah, yes. Yeah. Uh, if, if we can even think of our own experience. Yeah. Uh, we didn't know what exactly we could place it, but that anxiety is the is the which may we may have to have gone through in order to create our own shield. But uh, we kind of got outside of, if we had a very protected, um, nurturing family environment that wasn't necessarily even externally expressed, but it was present. So yes. we were kind of able to uh, be protected. And then once we left, uh, you could see if there were certain anxiety problems that occurred uh, and because that shield's no longer there, it may be part of the rite of passage in terms of the only way to create our own shield is you know, the, the, the former one, but... Um, it was in dorms with a bunch of other crazy teenagers. Yeah, of that transition. Uh, it can be kind of a rocky road, those first couple Very of years. much. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it can get pretty... That's a very good point, though. When we go off to college, suddenly the cocoon... And it doesn't... And I think, James, you've made a very good point. This isn't necessarily at all what you're saying to the child consciously or even the it's the subtle area and which means that you can give that child nurturing without necessarily verbalizing it all the time it could be just an energy field that is constructed around the home I love that of course so and that gives the sense of we're not here alone and it's safe here and I'm collaborating with this family new way to say it <laughs> So, so is there, do you feel that frequencies could also feed the subconscious and shift people subtly out of the, this type of patterning, this type of Teflon patterning, you know, where, where they're not feeling connected? Yes, yes. I think that's the, um, the beauty of having the multidimensional model is that yeah. we can uh, supplement or uh, bring through, like maybe we'll experience a little later, uh, sort of like this nurturing field that might come from um, like the instruments that you're creating uh, from spiritual beings, if people connect to them, like the Arcturians may be able to provide that uh, if that was something that one didn't have in their childhood, or if you're raising children to have that in addition, or if a child's in a certain uh, situation or as a young adult uh, didn't have that that can be that can be brought through um, so it's an awareness because usually it's that you're not really sure what's lost if, like without the multi-dimensional model there's a possibility you're just anxious and you're not sure where and then it could be uh, the attempt is provided by uh, drugs of some sort mm -hmm. uh, whether that's um, legalized drugs or, or non-legalized drugs yeah. the type of medication to change neurotransmitters, but that's a that's a down of uh, field effect of the this nurturing energy not being there present. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting point. A downfield. Do you feel that the use of let's say hallucinogens or mushrooms like psilocybin could shift the pattern by changing the perspective in the moment and maybe changing the neurotransmitters? Is that possible? Uh, yes, yeah. I think the, the, that's the you know the latest research right now in yeah. uh, 
science departments and medical schools, uh, medical centers, is with the you know the effective use of like psilocybin uh, and so forth, uh, certain hallucinogens to change uh, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder patterns very quickly, even with one exposure. And I think what's happening is those um, substances are able to deeply uh, change the multidimensional aspect of ourself uh, very quickly. So under the right hands and the right conditions, that could be a very powerful way of rewriting the energetic script that we've been kind of unfolding or unpacking here. I love that. That's so it, it's like a shortcut. And it's also a way to quickly shift perspective and maybe perhaps see some of the content of the environment that was disturbing. I, I believe it gets revealed. So, yes, that's a beautiful way to actually recalibrate the human experience by seeing it from another angle. <laughs> I love that. And does that will that be impacting the neurotransmitters? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think you know, coming now to what you were mentioning, like the different changes in the brain structures, like the amygdala, uh, you know, the expansion, or it could be just even the activation more of the amygdala than the hippocampus, which is more involved maybe with short-term memory processing. And uh, you know, just as uh, we all kind of are biologically wired to look for things that are of danger in our environment, which is really coming through the amygdala activation. But that can be hypersensitized. Like if we're not used to kind of that safe haven, you know, that safe uh, energetic environment, that's more a felt sense. Uh, if like, if let's say you didn't have the, the uh, languaging of energy, which like maybe the audience that we're speaking to has, then it's just a felt sense that you know things are safe. It's mostly subconscious, and then you just go out and do things. But if you don't have that, what you do is you feel anxious, and you don't know exactly where that's coming from, because you might not have the languaging to say it's an energetic influence, which is non-physical. So it wouldn't be something you could point to um, physically. So I think um, as we're expanding the model, we're more mindful. We can provide that sort of safe haven energetically. Uh, and in very unique ways too, because it can be done beyond space-time, meaning distantly, even. That's a key. That <clears throat> in case, and, and most of this audience would know that, but the availability of long-distance healing for these types of issues—it's very impactful. Because as Dr. Dean is saying, it's subconscious, so we can reach the subconscious through long distance energy and frequencies, even long distance frequencies, Gene will be sharing some of the frequencies to uh, deactivate this trauma and activate a more holistic healed version of all those listening. So it's, but this is a beautiful way to look at it that in the hope that we actually are capable of delivering to each other, what is needed. It is very important to be aware that these modalities exist to both balance you and your children, but also that these beings like Dr. Jean exist. It's really important footnote. (laughs) So, So feel free to expand on that, Dr. Jean, because it feels as though there is a certain leap that everyone needs to make, which is that energy healing or quantum healing involves the field and that as we share it in the field, we can change the trajectory of our, our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's why you moved out of, you know, from being a research scientist to being, um, being someone that wanted to impact the users of, is that correct? You, you did that because you wanted to have the, energetic impact and to study how we can influence and heal others. Yeah, I think fundamentally that it was a paradigm shift that I was um, you know, <laughs> uh, entering. Yes, uh, with this, uh, I've been calling it the multidimensional model. I, I think, um, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the fact that like the audience, uh, like us would make seem like that's, oh, that's kind of, um, 
not commonplace, but we would understand that uh, shows that things are shifting. I think we're we'll um, you know experience that more and more that people uh, will be easy to talk about like the energy of a situation, whether they fully you know use that model or not. It might be it'll be more and more commonplace. Just like uh, yoga and meditation are very much um, you know kind of getting to the mainstream, maybe not fully. But that those seem to be like um, easy modalities to work with on a global uh, level. And uh, at a certain point, energy will be like that too, their energy model. But I think that will come, uh, you know, with a lot of therapies, come with a lot of challenges too, because then we'll realize how powerful our mind is beyond uh, space and time that we do influence each other. And um, I think that's another big uh, point with. Um, uh, we, we were talking a little bit about children, is that with the technology and with one's effect, they're much more sensitive, as, as we all are, to thoughts, feelings, and emotions, which um, they're probably more now savvy with a multidimensional model. They may not call it that, but they're aware like how they influence their peer group, um, maybe without uh, physical influence. It usually comes through the social media but they may even already, because social media is already in the astral world, they may already come to the understanding that they're being influenced and influencing others um, in the energy world. And uh, yes, during that, uh, you could say vulnerable time where the brain is uh, developing, uh, that is a very huge uh, impact uh, is thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Huge. And I'd like to unpack that statement that when you do realize, and since the veils are thinning and we are in a multidimensional, actually holographic universe, <laughs> to leap right into it, the first step is to realize that we are being communicated to by non-physicals. But also the, the biggest step is to realize how powerful once we bring these ideas or concepts into your conscious awareness, how powerful you are to shift out of this pattern. So part of the reason for this summit is actually that after I read most of the literature over the summer, I realized that almost everyone says this condition cannot be healed or changed. And it's just another trauma, right? So when I, when I saw that, I realized because we're so powerful beyond the veil, we're so powerful as quantum creators in a multidimensional universe. So I, I feel as though I'm, I'm taking an issue with the profession that, that there's a, there is a, what I've seen is that the brain does develop armor around these various situations, but that if, if the individual understands it, or even if one person understands it, the, the impact can be greatly reduced or diminished or what some people would call healed. And that's the reason for this summit is that we can rebalance. It doesn't mean if you're in a narcissistic abusive relationship that you stay in it. It means that we understand that it's energy that can be shifted and it's brain armor that can be transformed. And that the third premise, you're much more powerful than you think. And beyond the veil, beyond the physical that, that gets stuck sometimes, you can make changes. And so I, I just unpacked in a lengthy way that statement because it is essential when this is being passed down, which is what people are being becoming aware of, and then they're judging everyone that has passed it down, that that you un that you shift. The desire to judge because that won't heal anyone, including if someone is a survivor or has received this type of um, has had this type of experience. So I, I understand that you know that that there's a healing process for those that have been in, involved in narcissistic relationships, but it's important also not to be overly pessimistic. <laughs> so so. Therefore, we're doing the summit <laughs> so, to shift the consciousness. And have you seen either from your own intuitive perspective or 
in research. Have you actually seen subtle brain armor? Um, subtle brain armor, you know, I probably have perceived that, you know, in terms of uh, difficulty in shifting one's uh, mental patterns. We can, uh, uh, we kind of see that as like things that fire together, wire together. Yeah, that's kind of neuroscience. Uh, uh, <laughs> you continue to kind of think a certain way. There are certain brain circuits that continue to fire, and you kind of, uh, if it's maybe a negative type of a protective kind of um, thought pattern, then you will see that as a type of yeah, it could be seen as a very rigid uh, brain structure or armor, like you said, and. Yes. Uh, but it, the thing is, the brain is completely plastic, which is reflecting, I think what you were trying to say, the uh, patterns are plastic, even the ones that are most look cemented can eventually be changed. And by even creating a morphic field like here of possibilities, and even if one person changes, it creates a morphic pattern in the field that others will access, maybe starting subconsciously, maybe it'll be therapists who are very open or people who are also either pushed to a very extreme level. So then they'll seek something outside the paradigm yeah. uh, who are just open in general uh, from their soul uh, life. And they'll access those patterns that are new. Um, and then uh, slowly and slowly the pattern will change like for around narcissism, for example, being yes. a certain set way. Uh, yes. Well said. Exactly. It's, it's so that, these these structures actually over time diminish their control over the personality and the lifetime. So it's, it's really important that whenever you see something, whether it's anxiety or depression, or this is all very plastic, as Dr. Jean is saying, it can be shifted and we're going to show you how actually. So, so there is one, and the other aspect of this is it has surprised me recently as I've talked to people, the lack of understanding of like the hippocampus. So I, I recently was became a widow. And so, of course, you know, I bump into all these people that have had the same experience and they talk about widow brain. So I bring this in because it's simply a shrinking of the hippocampus usually that occurs. And not one person understood that. Now they put them on all kinds of pharmaceuticals and um, and which creates another set of issues. So I just wanted to point that out for those of you that are grieving. This is also a situation where if we understand it, since the brain is plastic, we can we can shift and accelerate the resolution of the grieving or the loss or the, and so that one gets back into a more, a fuller life because the, so I've learned this recently that, you know, so many stay stuck in some past version of their reality. If you understand just this one thing, which is that if you are going through the grief process, many people have been losing many people close to them then we can shift this very simply. And we'll be doing this in the summit. And actually, Dr. Gene is going to share his method for shifting, which is subtle frequency projection, right? You're going to do some frequency. Okay. I can tell you look like you're going into meditation. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, we could definitely <laughs> run the... Because I'm hypnotizing him with my voice, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Our voice will go with you. Take back the hope. Would you like to do that now? Would you like to share that now? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we, um, we'll do a little bit of the energies from the Arcturians. Uh, you can consider this like a nurturing energy. And if you're in a relationship or if you see the um, kind of narcissistic pattern in oneself, we all have some aspect of it. It could be very diminished. Yes. <laughs> um, or but or it could be very much in the front as a lesson uh, or if you're in a relationship where you are perceiving that in the other uh this can be kind of that nurturing energy that energy that was the person is seeking that may have not been provided particularly in those formative years um also if that it's not per se the framework you're working under now it could just be a healing uh energy and nurturing energy for one system 
Okay, excellent. Yeah, so we'll, uh, you can just be kind of in the meditative mode or receptive mode. And you'll hear my voice. A lot of times I'm silent as it's coming through. And it's really a connection with this morphic field or uh, spiritual consciousness of the Arcturians. Okay, so we're starting. So we're bringing through the Arcturian nurturing frequencies, which are particularly opening up these morphic patterns of narcissism or lack. It can be self-corrected. Particularly what's out there in the greater society, shifting that as a paradigm. If you had a specific intention for the connection to the Arcturians or these energies, you can silently state that now. Continue to deepen this exposure to this frequency. And just be open to what you're seeing or perceiving or feeling. Also, if you aren't necessarily feeling anything, the energies are still being absorbed into your system as needed and will unfold or unpack as needed. And the frequencies or energies have come to completion. You can gently come back to your physical body. Some of you might be feeling that's very powerful. You might be feeling some shifting even in the temporal lobes or the third eye. So that was really powerful. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, thanks. thanks. Well done. Yes. Thank you, Arturians. Thank you. Yes. Amazing. My point. Tell me about your perception of the energy packets right now that I've become aware that um, it's kind of like special delivery overnight FedEx early. I, I've become aware. <laughs> I'm, I'm receiving, like, even if someone asks a question, I'm receiving these packets of information that I kind of unpack. And then explain, which is sort of what the summit is about. Um, but what I've noticed is that they come in really quickly because of the thin veils and the 5D energy, not 5G, 5D. And it's it's I feel as though it's important that people receive and realize when they're asking this energy is so strong right now that it comes into packets, but you it, you don't have to be aware of it. What's your perception of it though? of mm -hmm. how these these informational packets are being delivered to us. <laughs> yeah. I think it's as fast as we can accept it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I, like we don't really have to go through even that was fairly <laughs> short, you know, two or three yeah. minutes. So. But it, it happens instantly, like you said, because it's a it's a mind-to-mind -mind transfer, which is faster than the speed of light. But um, sometimes uh, our brain takes some time to register, of course, which is leads to the conscious awareness. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we wouldn't um, we wouldn't accept it if it was too fast. Like we have the perception that healing like needs a certain amount of time. <laughs> like someone needs to work on us a certain amount of time. Or That's changing. Like, <laughs> with it or, or and so forth. So we still have those paradigms, uh, which is fine, no problem. No problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> take your time right right yeah so but i think that's the kind of how fast but the thing the beautiful thing is i think uh which is reflected in the summit and everyone here is that people are are super open to multi-dimensional beings 
and receiving energies. Uh, because uh, if that wasn't the case, which I think in another era, maybe recently, or you could imagine where, you know, even discussing spiritual beings was, you know, it would be very difficult in any group. Right. That means it really affects the spiritual beings. Uh, it's almost like um, you you won't talk to someone who, let's say, isn't listening. You might start, but then after a while, you see they're not listening. So you just sort of, if you're compassionate, you just sort of hold back. Yes. You don't like run away, but you just wait. But when you see a whole crowd is like very attentive to you, which is kind of how it may look from the spiritual world, then you'll like, you'll give quite a lot because you know it will be received. I think that's where we're going to uh, in terms of um, working co-creatively with the spiritual world um, is more and more uh, people are very open to receiving that energy and information that can really shift things that were very solidified, like you said, maybe like patterns around narcissism or, or other world um, issues. Uh, so it's really our receptivity that's really been shifting things so quickly. I love that because you made a key point, which is that one of the things that the collaboration of healers that we're realizing is that healing can actually be transmitted instantly now. It wasn't, it could have been our perception and our timeline, but in the quantum, no time, the healing can actually be transmitted. And if you're really receptive, you could receive just by understanding and by receiving the energy and being completely open you can actually heal an intergenerational pattern instantly. Do you, are you seeing that happen in your practice? Dr. Jim, where if people are open and they have no sense of time, meaning they don't think, oh, I have to go into a psychoanalysis for years and then I have to put my life on hold for another 20 years. There's a potential now, which is another reason for these ongoing summits, is there's a potential to heal instantly which as far as I understand, didn't even exist two summits ago. So we're on 10. I don't think it, I don't think it was as it's, there's been a quickening. And so one of the reasons for the summits as well is to make this very clear that if you're ready to shift the intergenerational patterns and receive the blessings or the energy from uh, the non-physicals, you could be surprised that you may release or completely let go of some of something that's been sabotaging you for lifetimes i just wanted to make that and dr jean just pointed that out it is all about your perception of time your willingness to receive and your openness and are you seeing that though in your practice where if you go like this and somebody's really open and you just transmitted let's say like shirdi baba fearlessness right <laughs> but all of a sudden they're like not afraid of doing that <laughs> oh yes yes i think it's like dropping it so yes so that is one of the premises and i wanted to hear your commentary on that why is that shifting so fast why is the uh the capability to heal or the speed of healing or shifting moving in such a different way now mm -hmm. well i think that's part of the acceleration i mean we sometimes perceive these changes that we're seeing you know like the pandemic and some uh, other difficult situations uh as you know maybe negative but actually it puts us into a state where people um so when our when we have it in our biological system when we're kind of cornered you can see that with animals uh, you can create a certain sort of opening. And uh, when we have a more extreme state, it actually brings can bring forth that motivation to change quicker. I think that's one of the benefits uh, because if things are very smooth and we're used to our patterns, there may not be that energy to motivate us to actually change quickly. We'll kind of maybe take our time. <laughs> So, um, so the fact that so many things are happening on the planet, the, the benefit is uh, we realize on a deep level that it's kind of now or never that kind of feeling and you will change. And so you have the energy. Ooh, to yes. change. Yeah. Yes. 
It's never, never. That's it. <laughs> we realize we are. And also it gets, as we move into this new vortex, it gets more and more uncomfortable if you try to remain out of alignment or stagnant. Mm -hmm. And the idea is to move in resonance with the change, supporting it. Um, and that's why I feel these resources, the ones that you're offering, any even a conscious awareness of energy healing or group healing, extremely important in anchoring in the new frequencies and vibrations and also freeing yourself up to just free. I think there's such a huge desire to become sovereign or free again, free of these patterns. They're not real. They're just programs. <laughs> so it's kind of like choosing the music you're going to run through your life. If it's discordant, let it go. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that being said, how would you suggest that we harmonize our families and our hearts right now in this time? What would you share? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I think the, the recognition, whether you're um, a child uh, or, or the parent or both, I think we're kind of both in all situations. It doesn't have to be biological. Uh, we're in those situations. We're sort of radiators. We're always teaching and learning. We're like antennas. Uh, and like what you pointed out, uh, in fact, at a certain age, it's better not to probably do th like say things. <laughs> if you have teenagers, like uh, they rather just be like the presence is is more powerful than any particular action because they're kind of in the transition of doing things on their own, but they still need the energetic presence. So if we recognize uh, how, like you said, how powerful we are as creators, that our thoughts, feeling, because uh, without the multi-dimensional model. For a while, we're in a subconscious state that maybe what I think and feel towards someone isn't really affecting them. When in fact, that's maybe more fundamentally what's affecting them, but it goes subconscious. So if we recognize and uh, regain that power, then with our uh, families, our friends, our environment, uh, we'll be more mindful of kind of what we're always projecting, even if we never see anyone throughout the day physically we're still affecting as a field. We're like a field of effect. That's actually not even, the space-time model is not even quite accurate because then we would think like, oh, my field maybe goes, projects 60 <laughs> miles, but it's not like that. It's not like that. It goes to anyone who tunes into you. So it's infinite. Yes. Um, so, and mm. uh, so, yeah, I think that will be the major impact of this um, quantum model is yeah. how powerful we are and then how responsible that we are uh. <laughs> that's brilliantly said so shifting out of the victimization of the humanity model we are powerful creators who are also powerful uncreators we can uncreate some of the trauma tragedy and that being said i really want to ask you if there's what you would like to conclude with the, Dr. Jean has a very special gift. He always does. He has beautiful courses and programs, and he's an exceptional, extraordinary being who always gives a great deal of himself. And so your gift is, which will be in the link below, is what this time? You know oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, this will be the golden grid. Uh, it's an Arcturian transmission that uh, works on all these subtle body levels. Very similar to the nurturing energy that you felt. It's a little bit more extensive. It's like a like a fifty minute uh, healing session that will um, we kind of call it. They call it the masters of the net, sort of this space time grid. But every subtle body, physical, etheric, emotional, mental, causal, spiritual, and then all the way to the divine can be seen like a grid of light and energy. And the Arcturian sort of in this session, empower that more with that nurturing uh, gold vibration. Uh, Excellent. And would you say that the key, it's the key that opens the door to the subtle realm so that, because that's the quickest way to heal all of these illusions. So this will be the first dinner. These are all illusions. <laughs> so would you say that that gift will 
actually activate the subtle body where we are healing not just one of us at a time, but millions and billions of beings in the subtle realm, because in the subtle realm, we're all connected (laughs) in the quantum realm. So would you say that this gift is the key that opens the doorway to the subtle realm and the subtle healing of quote unquote narcissism? (laughs) Would you say that? Or is that too outlandish? Oh, no, I think that's, that's uh, spot on in terms of the more we're connected to that grid, as we see ourselves more like a grid, it's not the only way uh, paradigm, but it, it makes the recognition that we're interdependent, which is the opposite of the narcissistic um, framework. It means like we're like, uh, usually that means like we're one, we're just by ourselves, but we're actually always connected. Um, you know, that might be a Buddhist uh idea of interdependence or voidness, but it's a universal spiritual principle that we're really uh, one big net or even like this oneness idea, but we're all nodes on a net that's interconnected. So yes, this grid uh, uh, energy transmission would more bring us into resonance with that model or paradigm. Awesome. So join us on the grid, listen to this, take, you know, be open to receiving the gift. And I want to thank you for being with us today and taking us to the next level of quantum harmony homes. I want to thank you, Jean. It's been a pleasure. Well, thanks, Helena. And thanks, everyone. It was great to have this uh, beautiful conversation together. Mm-hmm.